Hello and welcome to the uplevelmind.com podcast. My name is Drasco and I'm your host for this Real Talk segment where each episode I bring on a heart-centered entrepreneur and live on the call coached him through one central question. Are my business problems actually me problems? In that, I help them uncover why despite knowing all of the business strategies and having done all of the business courses, they are unable to get past their current revenue plateau. Each guest leaves with a deeper understanding of what inner narratives and patterns they need to overcome to realize their next revenue milestone. Without further ado, here's today's guest. Today's guest is Vera Mohajan, who is the author of Unreported, a domestic abuse awareness guidebook. She is a speaker and she encourages women to live empowered lives by learning how to live and teaches how to do that by a formula that she lives by. She's also at producing a message film called Unreported. So Vera, thank you very much for being on. How are you doing today? I'm fine. Thank you. And thank you for inviting me on. You're very welcome. And uh, yeah, I know we had a little bit of a chat before this episode started. And what was very abundant to me, like right off the bat was like, you're somebody that's coming in with this vast knowledge, vast experience of a bunch of different things. Um, And what I'd love for you to just break down for us and give us some context of like, how did you get to doing what you're doing? How did you write this book? What are you doing right now? Um, Floor is yours to fill us in for all that. (laughs) Okay. Um, My background in education uh, was uh, computer science. I have a bachelor's in computer science. And uh, I ran a business with my husband, who's ex-husband now, but uh, he was also in software. So we started a software business. We were very successful and then we sold it, started another business. It was doing well. And then 9-11 happened. A lot of our contracts were falling, you know, and um, business was still alive. We were still able to sustain ourselves and uh, also make some changes to hopefully potential growth. But in the same time, it was very difficult, I think, for my ex to uh, deal with the losses because in the past 12 years, we had grown like really well and sold the company and this new company was also doing well. And then everything was just falling up. You know, it was uh, more of a uh, downfall, I would say, instead of like constant growth. And uh, it just started affecting our home life and uh, a lot of struggles and so which ended up in divorce and while the divorce was happening uh he was also or the reasons for the divorce was that he was also becoming very aggressive and angry and just violent and uh, i would call it abuse i mean i don't want to hide from the word because that's what it was and that's what i'm trying to encourage women to not hide from the word otherwise you don't do what you need to do so i'm going to use that word so that's what was happening and i um, started just thinking to myself during the divorce it was a long year and a half process that i don't want to ever go through that again so you know like they say you can't change the other person you can only change yourself so i really took that to heart 
and I wanted to analyze my life. Like, yes, there's a perpetrator, but there's also a victim and how they both play a role, even though the victim doesn't have an active role, but have a passive role by allowing the abuse to happen. And my father was also a very aggressive and abusive person. So I felt like I have lived most of my life in uh, under someone's control. And uh, it's people may think it's cultural. It's not because I interviewed women from all cultures and a lot of American women. People go through that here also. And so I started like interviewing women and men who have gone through abuse and have lived a better life, are living a better life now. And who are also happy for me, success was not just, okay, they're financially successful now on their own, but they also have to be happy. They're not bickering and biting and just whining and complaining, you know, living in the past. So um, I wrote that book and to understand how do I go from here, getting a divorce, getting separated or free is not my only goal. Now I have to live a better life. I have to have a better chapter, happy chapter. So that is how I wrote the book. And that's where I learned the formula that I was telling you about that I live with now. And that's learning to live, L-I-V-E. You don't just use the word live, learning to live. What does that mean? And I broke it down to live, L for loving yourself, I for insisted, insisting on freedom. And you can't just say, you know, it's okay to be feeling controlled and abused sometimes and you're free the other time. You have to be free all the time. You have to be loved and safe all the time, not living on crumbs of love. So, um, and insisting on freedom, then victory over victim syndrome. If you keep yourself in a victim mentality in the cycle of abuse, there's a, you know, like I said, a perpetrator and a victim. If you're a victim, you'll find the next perpetrator. And if you're not a victim, you're, then you're nobody's victim, right? Then you're really free. And then E, of course, if you have all that, you have an empowerment and you can live an empowered life. So that's the formula I live by now. And from there, I the book was finished and or just the writing part of it that uh, was finished. The book was not published yet. So I moved, divorce was over. I moved from Michigan to California. And uh, here I, I met someone else here who was writing a magazine and uh, I liked their title. Um, they had a Malibu Chronicle, all good, all good news. I had never heard of that phrase, all good news in Michigan. It's like, really, it's all good news? It's all good was like a very common phrase here in Malibu. So I joined him to buy, bought a part of the magazine. And then eventually I ended up buying the whole thing. It was a tabloid, like a newspaper. And I turned it into a really nice magazine that I showed you earlier. You know, so I kept some of the, the covers on the frame. And uh, so I, uh, from that, while I was doing that, it really gave me a lot of opportunity. It was a cathartic place for me to write. I was also writing to connect to other people. And then it was the audience were asking for more. It was a win-win, you know, and I was helping someone else, um, their articles. And I was always looking because my tagline, I was like really um, 
connected to that, all good news, always look for something positive in whatever we wrote. And of course, we have the ads and all that stuff to survive, to pay for the magazine. So it was like a nice glossy magazine. I did that for six years. But in the process, while I was doing that, I also did uh, spiritual psychology masters in that. And I did a um, a mediation and uh, dispute resolution masters at Pepperdine. Because even though I was out of it, the views and I was living a free life, there's always the little thing in you, but why did me or my children have to suffer through the views? So I wanted to, the, the spiritual psychology is like amazing for that. Either somebody can study it or call me, I will help you. It just kind of helps you get at peace. I f- now I feel like everything that I learned through living in abuse is like a boot camp training. No matter what you want to do, you have to learn, you know, like a police officer or a soldier or somebody, you have to go through some really hardcore training to be an expert. And I feel like I went through that training to be able to do what I'm doing now. So I'm, I don't have any hard feelings. It's just, I learned a lot. And so I, it was able to give me some peace of mind that I'm not going to just be that victim person who stayed there and abused and do what now there's a meaning to it right I that was my training so then uh, about six years later I felt like you know magazine was becoming more of a job I was just doing other people's articles and just buying and selling ads and just you know working and that by the time I had already got my other trainings and I wanted to help people resolve conflicts so they can live a happier life if they are going to be in a relationship or help them mediate and be separated from either a business partnership or a marriage partnership or whatever it is. So that's what I was doing. And then of course, you know, COVID happened and uh, it was hard to get clients. And I still, like I told you, haven't figured out how to get clients from social media. I post a lot of stuff and I get comments, but not clients. So, which is fine. I'm still getting the message out. That is my basic um, passion. But of course, you know, it's a business and it's work and I would like to make it, you know, a working business career. So that's where I am right now. That's what I'm doing. And like, oh, okay. So I told you the, with the lack of uh, clients now, I still have a few I'm working with, but not enough. And so I'm realizing there's only so many hours and I spend a lot of time with the clients that I do spend. And of course I get paid, but I'm working with a few people and, uh, I would rather, oh, I was teaching uh, at a school. And then at the end of COVID, or it's not over, but you know, when school, the school started opening again, they sent me this wonderful letter. And that's what kind of brought this whole change from uh, working one-on-one to speaker, because they said I was working part-time helping resolve conflicts at the school. And they said, asked me to come back because I was able to reduce the violence, the uh, conflicts by 75%. I'm like, that is where my works like the best value would be to be able to speak to a bigger audience, like a classroom, like a college or university or, you know, a group of people. So if I can take my message out into the way you should live and empower the women and the girls, or anybody who lives in a victim mentality or lives, lives with a victim syndrome, you know, um, to help them get out of that and be able to self-respect, self-love, 
and demand that, expect that. You know, it's not once in a while. We don't live on crumbs of love. If somebody's loving, you have to love all the time. And uh, so that's uh, where my whole change of career is happening right now. And I'm trying to figure out how to do that. I actually was invited. Uh, I just came back from England. I spoke at Oxford University at a global education summit. And uh, that was again about women empowerment. And so yeah, that's kind of where I'm trying to go now to speak to bigger audience and take the message out and also about living in uh, conflict-free or lesser, lesser conflict relationships, business or personal. So, yeah. Beautiful. I mean, th there's so much in just that uh, story that it's like, <laughs> there's like 10 different uh, various threads we could pull on just to uh, go in many different directions. So, A, I applaud you for really living such a full life and bringing so much into like positivity into the world. And like the through line that stood out for me, and this has come up often on the podcast is like that sentiment that like your mess becomes your message, mm -hmm. right? Like I, like you said, with the boot camp and the training, like I had to go through yeah. this tumultuous time in order to really find the parts of myself that are now going to resonate with a positive impact in the world. So I think that's for anybody listening that that's very palpable and, and, and very clear. So I think kudos to you for that. Um, and then just to kind of bring it back to the current situation, because you mentioned multiple times, like, okay, well, you know, I have, uh, these few clients that I'm working with, but I would like to work with more. I would like to reach more people as opposed to just kind of help people one-on-one, -on -one. um, the stuff that I did for schools, like I would want to do that for institutions. And then maybe like, I would like to speak. So how in your victims or any groups you know women are everywhere <laughs> victims are everywhere correct right yeah there's no shortage of who needs to hear this message 100 so how would you then define your business problems right now um just how to reach people who do i reach even at a corporation or who do i you know reach the school even everybody is either shortage of money shortage of time shortage of staff i was working with la at the usd here in california everybody loves what i'm trying to bring because i can have courses and teach students and uh, teachers how to help resolve conflicts because especially i was teaching at one private school you know public schools are bigger and have bigger problems and more number of problems but uh, they said, we don't even have staff. We're using our office staff because teachers are not available. Either they had COVID or they quit jobs or whatever. There's not enough teachers. So they're using the office staff to help teachers to have their assistance. So there are a lot of different issues why things are now moving forward. I put a lot of work in that and everybody loved what I was trying to bring to that school, but it just didn't move forward. So, um, so now I'm just thinking maybe I can go more on a speaking thing, you know, and out of that, if somebody still wants and is ready to work with me on one-on-one -on -one or on a course or on a teaching. Okay, so I'm just going to actually pause you right there. Not because I don't think this is relevant, but because what I'm hearing you describe are like options. 
Like these are the paths and the options that I can have. And I would like to go potentially down this road or that road. Right. But the original question was like, how would you define the business problem that you have? And you said, well, how do I reach more people? And then your brain went into, you know, well, these are all the options that I have. So how would you define what I want? Yeah. The problem is how do I uh, book speaking engagements out of that options will come but i think my focus right now is to have more speaking people to book me for speaking and then okay. it depends on from that audience what happens forward okay and booking more speaking engagements would yield what for me or for the audience no for you for me uh I mean, for one, of course, I'll be able to spread the message of better living and hopefully encourage people to live. And that is kind of fulfills me on a mental level, on an emotional level, what I what my message is. And in response, because I want to have paid speaking engagements, so that will fulfill my career as a business requirement fulfilled so so then i won't have to do another odd jobs <laughs> i could make this and i want to make this as my main career okay so if you had to choose between speaking or coaching or mediating you yes. would choose speaking above would, all of those would, at this point i would choose speaking because i've tried the other and i think it says it's been a natural progress progression towards this Got it. And so I want to travel around the world. I want to meet as many people as possible and talk to and speak in front of as many people as possible. That is my goal right now. Got it. And the, like, if you look at all the efforts that you're doing right now, mm -hmm. right? So you mentioned many different things from coaching to mediating, to social media, to talking to people, whatever, what percentage of those are geared towards booking more speaking engagements? Uh, right now, I am trying to reach out to people that I know that I've already worked with. And uh, so that's how I got this one speaking engagement at uh, Oxford University I just came from. Uh -huh. And uh, here also I'm trying to reach out. I am uh, going to be pitching to uh, speaking bookers on a few days, I think next Tuesday, and uh, and then the Tuesday after. So I am making those kind of efforts. I'm speaking. I'm also training to be a TED speaker. So I'm just trying to make myself more credible as a speaker, even though I have, I know I have the right message, and I am an author and I am making a film. So I have the credibility of my work, but as a speaker, I'm just trying to you know be on more stages so people can see me speaking so getting those uh, bookings and being booked for a speaker doesn't not only help me in my career and getting the message out it also helps me use every stage as the resume for the next so okay so back to the original question and what percentage of your week is spent on activities that can actively book more speaking engagements. Oh, right now, uh, that's all I'm focusing on. 
whenever I'm thinking about work, this is what I'm doing. Okay. So what, like, if you had to break it, like, if you looked back at your schedule of last week, what percentage goes towards booking? Percentage of my day or percentage of my work? Of your week. Uh, at least, I would say three, four hours a day. Spend okay. just so three, four hours a day. So let's just say whatever. We cap it off at four. So 20 hours a week you spend booking, booking actively booking. Training. No, training part of it. So booking and training. So okay, so training, pause right there. So when you say training, you mean like becoming a better speaker. Yeah. yeah. Okay, perfect. So out of those 20 hours, how much is spent approximately mm -hmm. becoming a better speaker versus becoming like getting more speaking engagements? Mm, 60% or 70% on the speaking training mm -hmm. or just you know, working on my writing and all this stuff and 30% on actually reaching out to people. Okay. So out of those 20 hours, 60% is spent on refining your craft and getting better at the, you know, art and the skill mm -hmm. of speaking yeah. and the remainder of that. So what, probably about eight hours spent on actively getting more speaking engagements. Yeah. Okay. So now, right. The discussion has gone from my number one priority is getting speaking engagements mm -hmm. to, well, the reality is maybe 20% of my time is actually spent on what I say is my number one priority. Um, yeah, but it kind of goes hand in hand. I can't just focus on that and leave my speaking kind of to, I'll see. Some people work like that. You get a gig first and then try to, you know, be ready for it. But I'm, I'm constantly speaking uh, while I'm looking for gigs. I am like right now what I'm doing is October is a um, domestic abuse awareness month, right? So I am making a huge effort to speak and read a part of my book every day. So because my book is about domestic abuse awareness and October is for that. So I thought it also helped me. And I've seen just in the last few days, uh, it just helped me be on the phone, on the camera. Like somehow it's kind of interesting. I'm on the camera with you, but I'm not thinking of camera. I'm just speaking with you. And I'm, sure. okay. I'm okay speaking with people. I don't have any issues. I'm pretty comfortable. But right. And so just to, I just want to, clear it up right like i have full respect and i think it's an amazing thing that you are like sharpening your axe mm -hmm. of the skill of speaking like i think it's a, it's a beautiful thing and it's a necessary thing right mm -hmm. so none of what i'm reflecting back to you is about like you should do this or you should do that personally like it's your business it's your life you're going to do what you want to do what i'm merely reflecting back to you is right it's very hard for you to communicate with precision the exact thing or outcome you're you're looking for and when i have to keep asking you to like refine your answer or like answer the specifics mm -hmm. and what i'm asking for to me it's reflected back in the proportion of time spent as you've shared it so far and how that relates to the goals like if, mm -hmm. if my goal is booking speaking engagements, yeah. but I'm only spending 20% of my time, 
I would say there, there's a gap between what your intention is and where your actions actually are. Now, the, the reasons and the justifications for that, sure, we can dive into those, but yeah. Yeah. there's a disconnect there yeah. that I think is reflected in the disconnect of like being very precise. Like, this is my business problem. This is what I want. So that clarity, I think, seeps into one or the other. So what lands for you from that? No, totally makes sense. Totally makes sense. I mean, I know what I'm doing and that has to be on its own time to make it better. But if I'm going to bug the gigs, there has to be enough time spent or made that as a priority. Because actually this one person that we're learning from, he, and then you forget as soon as he's done talking, he said he won't wear his pants on until he's called 20 people. So in the morning, the first thing he does is sit on the phone and call 20 people. And, you know, like that's the challenge he put on himself. I'm not going to wear my pants on until I call 20 people. So I have to make that kind of challenge if I'm going to start booking, you know, that that has to be the priority number one. And get yeah, like book. that would be more reflective of the priorities you say that you're having. Because right now I would say based off of what you've told me, like if I assume you work 40 hours a week, half your time is spent towards engagements, right. but the majority of that is spent on actually getting better at the craft. And then the other 20 hours are going to be spent on the clients that you do have making whatever like income you're making right now from the other work. So it's like the thing that I'm saying that as a priority is actually the last thing on my list of things to do. Uh, yeah, you're right. I am not putting as much time and work in actually booking that I should. And I'm focusing more on just uh, becoming a better speaker first. Right. So then it really comes back to either why or are your priorities actually clear like you actually know what you want so which one do you think resonates more like exploring uh, why or the clarity yeah i do want and need to have the bookings otherwise my work is like a social work it's not a career until i get paid booking right paid speaker engagements and so i need to focus on that and uh, I am pretty sure my speaking and people have told me I just spoke and they were happy. So I know my skill is at a pretty good level. And once you book, then you can always make it specific to that booking. So you're right. I have to make the booking a priority and not stop till I get a paid speaker gig book. Okay. And tell me more about this sentiment of like, well, the work right now is like social work unless I'm getting paid for it. So tell me more about that. Uh, and I love it. I don't mind it. But the only thing is it doesn't fulfill. Uh, I'm not at that stage in my life to just do social work. I do need to have, make a living. So I do need to generate income out of that. And since I'm giving up my other income generating business of one-on-one -on -one consulting for this, I, this has to generate uh, income. So, okay. um, so I have to have paid gigs. So, so in that case, let's just go through the same process again. So what percentage of your week is spent in this like social work category? Um. Uh, 
I'm like, I told you, I'm making a huge effort by reading my book online and people are reading, but no clients. So it's all social. You know? Okay. Well, so pause right there because, mm -hmm. and again, this goes back to the clarity piece. Like I understood that as you're actively working with people in a very low fee or no fee environment, mm -hmm. but you're sharing it as, well, I'm getting my message out there. Yeah. And which okay. is also important to get the gigs because people do look at your social, whoever's going to give me a gig eventually, they are going to look at the social media. And I've had that good feedback from people who I've worked with that uh, they see me as an active person on this subject. So, and all that helps also. So then I'm kind of char charting it out to, or giving it up to as, okay, this is all part of the preparation for somebody to have. This is like a big resume building thing. Possibly, right? Mm -hmm. And again, I think this is going back to that central question of like clarity and definitions and making sure that things are defined so you know where it is that you're going. Because right now, to me, it, it's a bit confusing from the outside looking in. And, and I'll share with you my confusion, which is things like, okay, I read my book for social media. To me, that falls in the general space of simply getting my work out there for whoever might pick mm -hmm. it up, which mm -hmm. means people can passively pick it up. People can be like, oh my God, I totally resonate with that. Or somebody could be like, okay, this is cool. I want to book this person, right? right. right. However, in that space, it is very nebulous, meaning like anybody could read your book online and essentially do the exact same thing that you're doing. So number one thing extracted from that is like, well, what's the value of you reading your book? Especially what's the value of you reading your book to somebody looking to book a speaking engagement, right? Because somebody looking for that is going to have different needs than somebody passively finding stuff they can relate to online or even maybe wanting to get coaching or whatever around mm -hmm. that thing. So that right there, like it's, it's like this activity there's not really a defined strategy or purpose behind it, or there's no clear outcome on what this needs to be. So you're just kind of doing more things. And then not to mention, it, it sounds to me like there's instances where you go or you say yes to environments where you're going to utilize your really good skill set, but not really like you say yes to not getting paid to utilizing that skill set. So again, what, what lands for you there? Yes to not getting paid. You're right. But I'm also using these as links and my practice, which we've gone over a few times that it is giving me practice and also gives me a link. If somebody says, what are you doing on the subject or what, you know, instead of sending my book, I can send them a link to me reading the book. So it has some value, but not enough. You know, I'm just staying active on the subject, basically. Correct. Like this is like one of the filters I oftentimes use uh, that I've learned from people that like I've studied is this filter of more versus closer, yeah. right? When you don't define where you want to go, mm -hmm. it's really hard to judge whether you're moving closer to that target. There was so, another reason for this book reading. I just didn't forget, but I just forgot to mention to you. Um, before starting to read, which was about seven days ago, I also ran it by the director of my film. 
and uh, we're in the process of also casting people. So because my book and my movie are the same name and, and they're also on the same subject, even though they're different stories, but uh, so they can send my links. So it's like a short reading now, right? Instead of a whole, something, actors not gonna read the whole book and they may not even read the whole script. So, um, so this was a good way of even for him to introduce the film or the idea to different people. So it was like a go ahead from him to help him also for the casting. So, so that's right. the purpose of me reading the book. Right, so then it comes back to again, how does that help you book more speaking gigs? Uh, yeah, it uh, may not be, directly related to what my benefits are but making a movie is also my benefit so if it benefits it that, is yeah. right but then it's the opportunity cost of that right yeah. how long does it take to make a movie what are all the pieces that have to be in place that the yeah. timeline in it your yeah. involvement in the early stages middle stages end stages it's like cool that that's all good and great yeah. but it right away falls into the same bucket of is this moving me closer to what it is that I say that I want, or is it just more stuff that I'm involved in doing? Um, no, no, they're not more. So movie and the speaking engagement are equally important to me. I'm letting go of the counseling part and letting it go kind of lower on my thing, what I'm doing regularly, looking for clients. I'm not anymore. If they come, I'm still doing some mediations because I haven't stopped doing that. I still enjoy doing that. I'm good at that. But I'm moving towards getting more speaking. So, and yes, I do need to focus more time on actually reaching out to the people who are in the power of being able to book someone. Yes. So and I, I think that reach out to those people. And, I think that actually makes the most amount of sense. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, so I'm going to yeah. spend out of my 40 hours, 20 hours should go into that. Two hours every day should go into that. Correct. Right. And I say that because it's like you had mentioned credibility before, like, OK, the more of these I have, the more credible I'm going to be. But it's kind of like you lived a whole experience, got out of it in a better place. You wrote a book about it. You've already practiced speaking. So it's like, OK, maybe you're not an expert speaker, but let's just say you're good enough. So. Like what more credibility do you really need? That's true. I need right. that gigs now. Correct. So it's 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 really just reallocating where you spend your time with the Correct. intentions and the goals that yes. you, you yes. you're saying you want, right? I'm gonna have a new challenge for myself. <laughs> okay, fair <laughs> enough. To book well, a gig by next week. Okay, that 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 is fair enough. I mean, if if you want to update me on whether that that uh, that actually happens, I'd be more than happy to do an update on the uh, on the podcast here. In Nepal, that I met at my Oxford meeting, and he's asked me for a resume to share with his clients three days ago, and I haven't sent it yet. I need to do that today. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Well, in that case, I mean, does this? feel complete for you? Is there still something left outstanding? No, no, this is really good. It was a good breaking down of what I want and uh, what is, am I actually working towards that I stay in my head and on real life, what am I really doing to get there? 
you know, like I said, he's asked me for a resume three days ago and I haven't sent him yet. It should have been that night if I really wanted a game. Absolutely. <laughs> so good observation, good, good awareness, right? Okay. So in that case, if that feels complete for you, um, why don't just close us off and let everybody know uh, where they can find you, who's the best person to find you. Floor is yours for that. Well, uh, since that's what we're talking about, I am open for speaking about women empowerment. And I want to not only teach women how to get out of abuse and hold your power and never be a victim, but my objective as a teacher, as I told you um, before that I've been a teacher at school and I've learned that's where the most um, difference happens and the growth happens when the children are already in the process of learning. So I wanna teach young women and I want to encourage parents and teachers to teach these girls right from start that they deserve respect. So they don't accept anybody's disrespect later. So if um, girls know right from start that they deserve to be loved and they need to love themselves, so they will never say yes or accept when somebody disrespects them or hurts them so they are strong enough and um, secure enough to say, just go away, I don't need you. Because a lot of women and a lot of victims of any you know, men or women, they stay in relationships because they think they can't live without that person or they can't be alone. Yes, alone is better than being lonely and alone is definitely better than being abused. So that's what I am really encouraging and I want to teach the teachers who are parents and teachers and community leaders to teach our students, our young children, women, girls, to um, grow up strong. So then they will be strong women because women or girls are just a different gender. They're not a lesser gender. So let's let them live also the way they want to live. So that's what uh, my teaching is and also live by the formula of the letters in the word live. Don't just use the word live. What is living? You know, learn what live is. L-I-V-E, love yourself and insist on freedom. Victory over victim syndrome and empowerment. And I want to come and speak on your stages, whatever you have. And please call me, book me. I am ready to come and uh, help your community, your audience. Beautiful. Well, as always, uh, we'll include all that in the show notes. Uh, I think it's a beautiful message that that you're standing behind and I applaud you for it. Um, so yeah, so thank you very much for coming on and uh, for everybody else listening. We'll uh, see you on the next one. Well, thank you, Drasco, for inviting me.